us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather together around your word. And we thank you, Lord, that your word is life, that your word reveals your son Jesus to us. And so we pray, Lord, that you might open our hearts and our minds and our imaginations to welcome our king. We pray this in his name. Amen. You may be seated. It's a joy to be here this morning. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and greetings and Advent blessings from the table. I'm reminded of that M&M commercial that they seem to play every year. I mean, they really get their money from this commercial, where the M&Ms are sneaking around on Christmas Eve, and then they encounter Santa, and they say, He does exist! And then they say, and he says, They do exist! so good to be here with you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, come on. It's all right. Or maybe I'm bringing a little levity. All right? I'm supercharged this morning. Do you know what it's like to watch a toddler and take care of him all Sunday morning and then go lead church? I'm over-caffeinated and under-toddlered. So we're going to have some fun. <laughs> so I am the one you're praying for. Please pray for us. The table is growing. People are growing deeper in Jesus. God is at work, as God is at work here. And I am learning one thing very clear. The enemy does not like the church, and he does not like when we get the notion of planting more churches. So your prayers are deeply important to us. Your intercessions make possible expanding the kingdom of God. We need your prayers. So I am sorry that my being with you is occasioned by Father Kalen being unwell, but it is a joy to be with you. And so I'm here to offer a short meditation on our psalm for today, Psalm 24. So let's begin with Psalm 24, the seventh verse. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. So when I was a kid, I did a bit of stargazing. Uh, I think one Christmas, maybe, actually, my dad bought me a small telescope. And so I remember looking at the moon and all of its various phases. And there was something kind of illicit and wonderful about it, because I got to stay up past when I normally had to go to bed. And so I remember kind of with cold, shivering hands and the excitement of gazing at the stars, gazing at the moon. And then sometimes there'd be a meteor shower. And so you bundle up, and you get your chair, and you get your binoculars, and you go out there and you sit for a few hours. Oh, there's one. Oh, there's one. Oh, they're really going. They're getting going. They're getting going. It was a joy. It was wonderful. But then it was over, and you would pack up your chair, and you go into the house, and you lay down, and you go to sleep. Your life hadn't really been transformed. You are witnessing something that was beautiful. Our psalm today invites us to reflect on what it means to receive a king. What is it like when a king, your king, comes to your city? How do you, as the people of the city, welcome that king? 
And so we're given in Psalm 24 uh, a vision of the King of Israel, really God himself, coming to Israel, coming to the city of Jerusalem, and the people just enraptured in joy, welcoming their king. And then we get this really weird verse. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors. Now you may notice we don't normally direct our doors to do things. I'd love to be able to walk up to a door and just say, Open, be opened. What is the poetry getting at here? There's a vision of the city that's so awakened, so enlivened, so enraptured with joy that even the doors lift themselves to welcome their king. Nothing can stay the same when your king arrives. Nothing is fixed, nothing is static. And so the church has always seen in the Psalms not just wonderful songs and poetry of Israel's life, but of Christ and his church. The Psalms speak of Christ. The Psalms speak of you and I. We are welcomed into their story. And then the great spiritual fathers and mothers have always seen the Psalms as speaking about our souls. And so this morning I invite you, what does it mean for your king to come? For your king to arrive? And what does it look like for you to open your soul to welcome him? You see, we have this vision of a city transformed by longing, by yearning, And so if we extrapolate, maybe we envision, what would it look like for Jerusalem to be enraptured with the king arriving? Maybe they're putting banners up along the main thoroughfares. The leaders of the city are awaiting him at the gates, or maybe they're even going out to wait for him and see him on the horizon. horizon. Here he is, he's coming, he's coming. And then there's a reminder in this psalm. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So the psalm is saying, get ready. The king is coming. Clean out the cobwebs. Deal with your stuff. And that's what John the Baptist says out at the River Jordan. Come, come to the wilderness. Repent. Turn away from all the things that draw you away from God. Get ready. The kingdom is coming. And that's what Jesus carries. That's the beginning of his preaching. Repent. Turn back to God. The kingdom of God is at hand. The king is coming. Clean out the cobwebs. Turn away from what is tearing you down, what doesn't bring life. Get ready to welcome the king. Because the king we welcome is mighty. The psalm reminds us of this. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. We get this even in the gospel. This sweet little baby is going to be the deliverer. He will deliver God's people from their sins, all the enemies that wage war against them. 
And so every Advent, we remember that our King came. Our King came to defeat sin and death, and now we are awaiting because he is coming again. So get ready. Turn. Turn away from all that stuff that draws you away from him. Open your heart. Yearn. Because he's coming. And so we have Advent as this season of preparation. And then next week, we're going to have Christmas, which is this little reminder, the King has come. The King has come. So how do you use this time? How will you use this next week to prepare your heart for our King? So my son Isaac, who does exist, I promise you, I know many of you have never met him before, I think he's got a large following on Instagram. Uh, but my son Isaac, no longer a baby, he's in full toddler mode, and his imagination is awakening. So my advent has been a little different maybe than yours, because the spirits that are visiting him are not the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, but bears, alligators, and monsters. So we may be cooking in the kitchen. We may be playing. We may be getting him into the car, tired, trying to go somewhere. And he goes, Daddy, there's a monster. And so I go, there's a monster. What should we do? And he says, we should hide. (laughs) And so then we hide. Okay, what should we do now? And he says, oh, I think he's a nice monster. He says, okay, well, what are you going to do? I'll go pet him. I'll go pet him. So my life has become the quite dignified pursuit of responding to monster invasions in my home. So on the one hand, I'm simply playing a game with my son. He sees a monster and we go, oh my gosh, we get ready. But I will tell you that if a monster shows up in my house, I am ready. I am ready. Because I've been preparing, I've been practicing. He's getting us tip-top shape for monster problems. So Christmas comes every year. And it can kind of just get normal, right? We know it's coming. We know it's coming. Clockwork. We do our thing. We have our little uh, family things we do. We do our church bit. But it's practice. We are practicing for the arrival of our King. Every Christmas is this invitation to get ready. Our King is coming. Our King is coming back. Get ready. So wrap the presents, light the tree. Get ready. Devote your heart. What could you do in the next week to meditate on the scriptures? To spend some time in prayer. To ask the Lord, what do I need to turn away from? Because if you're coming back, pretend. That next Sunday, he's coming back. What cobwebs do you need to clean out? You see, Christmas can be a meteor shower where we put our chair out and we get our binoculars and we watch a beautiful thing and then we put our chair back and we go back to life as normal. Or it can be an opportunity to prepare our hearts for the king. So learn from my son, 
wants you to learn from my son Isaac, apparently. There's nothing more effective when the Lord just says, oomph, to a sermon. So enjoy Christmas. Love it. Spend time with people. Do what you do. But remember, this is practice for the return of our King. Amen, and may God's blessing be with you. Uh, please know that we are praying for you.